0: Thank uh-huh. you. Welcome to Episode 171 of the Steptoe Cyberlaw Podcast, brought to you by Steptoe and Johnson. Welcome and thank you for joining us. We're lawyers talking about technology, security, privacy, and government. I'm joined today by Michael Vattis, firmly with the FBI and the Justice Department, now in our New York office, by Maury Schenck, uh, our all everything in London, uh, uh, by John Salat, uh, who recently joined Steptoe and has been both General Counsel of the FCC and Deputy Assistant Attorney General in the antitrust division uh, of uh, president obama 's Justice Department uh, uh, and by Jennifer Quinn Barabanoff, uh, chair of the firm 's class action practice i 'm Stuart Baker, uh, formerly with NSA and DHS and holding the record for returning to stepped out of practice law more times than any other lawyer let 's jump right in uh, 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 we have to begin because we left this off uh, for so long with, uh, uh, you know, sex toy security uh, litigation. Uh, uh, Jennifer, what's the latest?
1: So the latest is that the uh, it seems that the longest running bad joke on the podcast may sadly be coming to an end. <sighs> uh, not only has the case uh, settled for three point seven five million dollars, but now the plaintiffs are capping off the excitement, shall we say, by submitting a an application for one point. One million in fees for their efforts.
0: So anticlimactic.
1: Yeah. So okay, and then on to other developments this week. Um, certainly less exciting, um, but perhaps more more meaningful. Uh, the Seventh Circuit uh, issued an impor- important opinion uh, applying the Supreme Court's decision in the Campbell Ewald case, which is the case that's about offers of judgment, uh, in where, you, where you basically
0: say, "Here is all the money your 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 one named party could ever." possibly want. Now go away with your class action.
1: Correct. And uh, the uh, Supreme Court held uh, that those were essentially unaccepted, uh, unaccepted contract offers that couldn't moot a case. But they left open the question of what would happen if you actually paid the money into the court registry so it was sitting there. And the Seventh Circuit ruled last week uh, in a case called Fulton Dental that that paying money into the uh, court registry doesn't moot a case either, and so there seems to be a growing uh, consensus out there that plaintiffs are going to get a shot at class certification before you can make these. So this go
0: this away. tactic is just slowly uh, dying away, and uh, this is just another nail in the coffin.
1: It's hard to see a path forward.
0: All right. Uh, okay. Uh, so. Uh, John has said he wants to talk a little bit about uh, uh developments in uh DOJ's merger authority and I I do want to get to that. So uh, um uh, John what is happening in the courts on merger authority?
2: Well, last week in Delaware, the Department of Justice won a contested merger case had to do with a merger of two firms in the market for low-level radioactive waste. But what's important about that is that concludes the last of the merger cases litigated under President Obama. Wow. Of the 24 cases that have now reached conclusion, the Justice Department or the FTC, both agencies can litigate these, won 17 of them. Mm Mm-hmm. 17 settled two went forward. And so it's an apt time, I think, to draw a lesson from this. And look, I don't think the experience in these trials tells one necessarily how future mergers will be decided. But I think it does tell us that at both agencies, there are now a lot of lawyers who have spent a lot of time actually litigating cases. And that's new, right? Uh, That's new. The Obama administration. In in 2011, I think it was, the Obama administration brought the first contested merger case for seven years. It had been a long drought. Of late, there have been a series of significant merger cases brought. And not only has the record come out, as I've described it, largely successful to the agencies... But it also means that staff lawyers who deserve the credit for these cases are now much more experienced in how to litigate a case, and that will, I think, inform all of merger review going forward, from the very beginnings of an investigation through the last days in court.
0: So what you're saying is that the uh, uh, courts have turned out to be much more sympathetic to these claims than probably would have been assumed. Uh, It does help to begin your uh, litigation campaign after you've spent three years naming judges to the bench. Uh, uh, Do you think that um, we'll see changes as as President Trump's nominees start getting onto the bench?
2: I think the kinds of cases, like the most recent case, it was a horizontal merger that the department said was basically two to one. I think there's going to be a lot of continuity in antitrust. I think so-called horizontal mergers limiting the number of competitors in a concentrated market, I, I, I think that's a pretty bedrock principle of antitrust law. Okay.
0: So... I, I, what you're saying, if I'm hearing you, is these are these are mostly cases that uh, uh, traditional principles of antitrust law would have frowned on. Um, and uh, uh, the Obama administration, while it was tough on litigating, didn't break a lot of new uh, doctrinal ground.
2: I think these cases were within the core of what antitrust law has taught us for a long time, I think different administrations may take different views on how particular cases should be decided. And that can be very important sometimes, but we ought not lose track of the continuity that also exists. Okay.
0: Well, that's great. Uh, um, uh, Michael, uh, uh, there's a fair amount of Supreme Court action uh, as we get to the end of the term. uh, And... uh, um, Justice Kennedy uh who probably is not retiring despite the fervent hopes of the right uh, um, is has produced a uh, you know a slightly gassy uh, uh ode to the uh the internet uh in the form of a first amendment decision and, uh, um, what do you make of it
3: well, it's called Packingham v. North Carolina, but I think it'll become known as Packing Baloney v. North Carolina when people, <laughs> uh, read the language. But, you know, not to, not to, to harp too much on Justice Kennedy, but when he gets going on any sort of, uh, decision about liberty, he really tends to, uh, gush quite a bit, and this was no exception. The case has to do with whether North Carolina could a ban a registered sex offender from uh, social media sites that children uh, could join, and the court said that 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 was a violation of the First Amendment because it's just too. The social media and the internet in general are just too important uh, to people's lives uh, in order uh, to let a state just uh, restrict people. But the, the preface to that holding. Was just full of um, language about uh, the revolution of cyberspace and how um, uh, cyberspace is really the principal place for people to to speak and listen. Uh, it's the, the equivalent of the modern public square. You know, I think the sort of language people would agree with, but it was it was so over the top that that Justices uh, Alito uh, and Thomas. Um, and, and the chief justice refused to join, uh, and they concurred in the result, but they just described that, that sort of language as undisciplined dicta and unnecessary rhetoric. And it, it, uh, it which,
0: I, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what, if any, substantive objection they had to the outcome or even really the basic legal analysis. It was, it was the gas they didn't like.
3: I think it was the gas. just... Uh, <laughs> It's interesting that they would, you know, just decline to, to join their colleagues' opinion because of the gas. Um, uh, but it's telling, but, but you know, I think the importance of this case is you, you're going to see it cited in brief after brief after brief and pe- petition for cert after petition, um, where, you know, any, uh, the state, a state or the federal government is somehow restricting, uh, or allegedly restricting someone's free speech rights, the right to speak or the right to, to access. Uh, content on the internet because of just how broad and sweeping the language is.
0: Yeah, and I want to come back to this because uh, there is, for a guy who spends half his life in Salzburg uh, you'd think he would have noticed that uh, uh, all this talk about how protean and wonderful the First Amendment is uh, in uh, cyberspace uh, is completely inconsistent with the fact that every government except ours is busily forcing social media to hire Filipinos to censor uh, what Americans and Europeans say. It's just, uh, 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 there is no grand First Amendment uh, um, forum out there uh, in cyberspace. It's just protected from the U.S. government and from the states of the United States. And everybody else is having a field day saying, oh, you can't say that. No, you can't say that either.
3: Well, there, there, there's that phenomenon. There's also the phenomenon that, that I think we're, we're all waking up to the fact that, that if, this is, if this is the main public square, we've got a serious problem with uh fake news and the ability of a- adverse foreign governments to a- affect uh, what people hear in the public square, which can have really detrimental national security and, and other effects as well. Uh, so this is it's an interesting time to be proclaiming the the you know the glory of, of free speech on the internet
0: yeah i think that's right so the supreme court did is is going to get they didn't do anything yet but uh, the solicitor general has announced that he's Taking the Microsoft case, which began with a magistrate opinion and then went to a district court judge and then to a court of appeals and then to a court of appeals on bank. It's now going to go to the Supreme Court. It looks like, uh, at least if the SG has anything to say about it and they usually do.
3: That's right. The SG filed a, a petition last Friday, I believe. Um, and the interesting thing now is, uh, since the second circuit decided this case and then denied rehearing on bank in, in a split, uh decision um, there have been several magistrate level decisions that went the other way so you don't have a circuit split yet but you do have a split among the courts if you include the magistrate decisions so I, I think the the us government um, has a pretty good shot at getting cert granted despite the lack of a circuit split uh and you know from some news accounts i've read uh the the, the government alleges that there are there are hundreds of cases now in which uh, communicate electronic communications service providers are rejecting government requests for data that's stored overseas um, basically you know following the the Microsoft decision so that if, if that's supportable or supported then the government's got a, a better cha- a better argument that the the second circuit decision is having a significant impact on law enforcement and and that warrants supreme court review
0: well and we all know that supreme court review depends in part on whether they read that the, the decision and say no that doesn't sound right uh and my guess is that's what the SG's counting on that there are four people uh who think that uh this decision isn't right and since that was the first in, uh, inclination of a lot of uh, uh judges uh, uh that will help them get get a grant
3: yeah, it I, I think you're right. I think it's gonna be a this is gonna be a close decision. It's gonna be close getting cert and it's gonna be close when it's decided because um, I I still think at the end of the day, the government's position, um, the government's strongest argument depends on the notion that accessing data abroad has no extraterritorial effect, uh, because you know, you can do it from a computer terminal in the United States, it's as though nothing happens abroad at all, which I think is just Contrary to common sense, Uh, certainly the foreign uh, countries, the the governments of the foreign countries where the data is being accessed, feel that there is an infringement on their sovereignty when this happens. Just as the U.S. would, if China were forcing companies in China to access data stored in the U.S., we would we would certainly regard that. The U.S. government would regard that as an infringement on U.S. sovereignty. So, um, despite the impacts of the of the Second Circuit's decision, I think the governments position has that fundamental weakness that they're just denying reality
0: yeah so that's gonna we, we should all gear up for a uh an amicus uh shrift. uh, it, uh the, the, there will be a dozen amicus briefs filed against justice on this i'm guessing uh maybe two dozen
3: i hope so i hope
0: so you're hoping to get hired again huh? <laughs> uh you know my my phone is uh my phone's there for anyone to call or email me all right, well sounds good. Uh, uh so Maury, lots of stuff happening in Europe uh, in cyberspace suddenly. Uh, uh I guess that people are trying to get everything done before uh, uh August uh, uh or actually now that the Finns are part of the EU uh, July descends and and less and less happens. Uh, um, German authorities the Parliament, it looks like, is getting set to uh, authorize law enforcement to hack uh, phones as a way around encryption.
4: Yeah, they've said that malware uh, of various kinds can be used for a long list of criminal offenses, and I thought this was in, you know, it, it comes in the wake of some complaints that there wasn't enough power to deal with election hacking, and this doesn't a permit uh hack back in the case of elections, but it is a move in the same direction and it's pretty extensive power i it called to mind the case where the FBI had run the child porn site for a while and you know was there was a question whether they could pursue the prosecution this seems like um, much more extensive authority to me
0: yeah. Uh Well, it, it, the Europeans are all hot over election hacking and, uh, and um, convinced that they have a better response than the U.S., which, of course, wouldn't be hard. Um, they're also – the EU has – the European Council has a whole set of sanctions that they are now urging everyone to uh, adopt in advance in case uh, uh, they suffer cyber attacks from – Presumably Russia or China
4: well they've opened up the possibility you know the u s kind of invented uh, aggressive sanctions over the last thirty or forty years, and the Europeans have gotten much more excited about it in the case of Iran, although that was rolled back in Syria and russia and and Europe has a common foreign security policy since two uh, which is much more part of Politics since 2009. The high representative is Federica Mogherini now. And they were in 2015. They reached, re- uh, released some conclusions on how the EU countries will act together on s- cyberspace. But just in the last few weeks, they, those first conclusions were focused on things like human rights and net neutrality. But now they've said, well, we've got a toolbox of things to deal with threats in cyberspace. And that includes sanctions and deals with things like attribution so there is a real effort to pursue a common policy on this stuff
0: yeah um and and i i, I it makes sense that they would do it I, uh Given that they're Europeans, uh, uh, a lot of the um, effort to control what happens in cyberspace has fallen on uh, uh, people saying things that um, would label them Trump voters here, but label them uh, outside the the pale of uh, uh, authorized speech in Europe. Uh, uh, I think the Germans uh, – came down on a whole bunch of people that they accused of hate speech and very few of them were ISIS uh, they were all people who didn't like immigrants
4: although none of these were cyber the um you know the the recent the various recent attacks in the UK um and some of the earlier ones um you know the the attacks in Brussels and in Paris there's been a lot recently uh, and i think as you you properly, you know, tie this to ISIS. People are concerned about ISIS recruitment, which is a somewhat different issue. Um, it's about free speech rather than hack back or uh, cyber sanctions, but I think the whole thing is getting tied up in, um, in more action of various kinds.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and, and the Russians are, uh, playing into that by insisting that, uh, companies that want to sell, uh, IT products in, uh, Russia have to disclose their source code, which, of course, leads a lot of people to believe that uh, the source code will be mined for flaws that can be used for hacking attacks. Uh, but a lot of the pretty uh, uh, well-regarded uh, Western companies have already knuckled under the, to this request.
3: Yeah, the law
4: is nothing new. I mean, since, um, you know, for many years, Russia has had a very restrictive encryption import regime since around 29, 2010. They've allowed some products with limited encryption capabilities to go in with a simple declaration. But anything that has sophisticated um, encryption for security is under a licensing process where the Federal um, Security Bureau, which is one of the Uh, children of the KGB, um, has the power, has uh, very broad powers to do technical inspections, which can include source code, and uh, there's been recent reports that a lot of companies are giving into it, and it may very well be that FSB is getting more aggressive on these things. We've seen...
0: Of that. Yeah, that's what I think, is that um, nobody did it willingly. Uh, they had to be leaned on and persuaded that they had no other option, and I'm sure that the FSB has begun doing more of that. Um, uh, so. We had one more oral argument that uh, uh, I wanted to draw attention to on the 11th Circuit. This is the LabMD versus FTC case. Uh, uh, Michael, I listened to that oral argument, and boy, I would not want to have been the FTC's lawyer.
3: No, it was interesting. You know, um, the, the 11th Circuit really, I think, uh, shook people up when it ruled last fall, um, uh, on a preliminary motion to, to stay the FTC's judgment and, and it, it granted the stay because it f- basically found that uh, LabMD had a likelihood of success on the merits. Um, this was an, the, the merits panel now that heard argument last week was an entirely different panel, but they seemed just as skeptical of the FTC's position that essentially any unauthorized access to personal information constitutes cognizable injury under the FTC Act. Uh, they just seem very dubious about that, that um they, they seem to think that, uh, the act requires some sort, something more concrete than that. They also seemed very... Uh, I thought, I, I thought that was,
0: I thought that was the, if the FTC loses on that ground, they're lucky. Cause, uh, all the other grounds that, that the panel was trying out are worse for them, I think. There's the one one that, that suggests, uh, hey, weren't you really colluding with uh, uh some scumbag who was engaged in extorting yeah. uh, uh, stuff and then and then well, there's the, there's a, this broader question of are you even allowed to make make rules by pointing to what you allege to be industry practice
3: yeah i that's what i was that's what i was about to say um, that they do they do seem to question whether whether Case by case rulemaking essentially that the FTC engages in in data security is permissible and whether they should, uh, instead have to issue regulations. I actually think that that's a harder, uh, basis to rule against the FTC because I think there, there does appear to be a lot of authority, right. uh, for case by case, uh, determinations by the FTC. But that, that there, there was a lot of skepticism from the court, so it would not surprise me if they rule on that, that basis. And there was, there was one judge who said, you know, there's an aroma to this case, a really malodorous aroma arising from what seems like collusion with a bad actor, Tiversa, uh, which it was basically trying to shake down, um, uh, LabMD by saying, hey, you've got this vulnerability and we're going to tell the FTC if you don't hire us, which is what they did. Uh, I don't think that they'll, uh, that they'll rule on, on that basis. And, uh, I'm not sure how many judges ag- agree that the FTC was somehow contaminated by that but it it does I, I think the bottom line is uh if you go by the oral argument it looks bad for the ftc
0: the, the ftc um, the, but, the fact is i think the ftc should have said we lost our alj ruled against us we should just swallow it and instead um, uh, on their high horse they said you no, we're 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 going to stick double down on our position and uh, uh go to the 11th circuit despite the aroma uh, i i i this does not look good for them
3: yeah you're right that would have give them uh, you know somewhat of an easy way out they could have said look we're not just not going to take this this case up to uh, a circuit court because we've got these this odd set of facts where the staff you know relied on information from a company that was trying to shake LabMD down so this is not going to be the case that we're going to push to resolve the scope of our yeah. uh, data security authority but you're right I think they were confident um, and so they appealed and we'll see how it ends up
0: so i one last story uh uh before we turn to our interview uh, um the CIA has some remarkably good hackers, as they have demonstrated by hacking the vending machines uh, at the agency. Or they—they they had them. I, those those guys are all gone. Uh, what a what a story! Yeah,
3: it's funny. It's just from two or three years, actually more than that. I think it was from 2012 to 2013, but the information was just declassified uh, as a result of a, a FOIA request from BuzzFeed. But essentially, you know, there are vending machines at CIA headquarters or, or other sites. Uh, where people would get snacks, um, and somebody figured out that if you unplugged the connection between the vending machine and the, the payment system, the electronic payment system, um, you could essentially use an unfunded payment card, something that had zero uh, money on it. You put it into the machine, and you can get free snacks. Uh, and <laughs> word spread among the CIA contractors that you could do this, and suddenly the agency was losing thousands of dollars in snacks. Um, and so they, the Office of Inspector General set up uh, video surveillance on some places where a lot of the thefts were happening and readily identified the contractors that were involved. Um, the Eastern District of Virginia uh, U.S. Attorney's Office declined to prosecute it, so the the people were all fired from their jobs, lost their clearances, and that's the end of the story. But it, uh, it is pretty... uh Uh, You know, these these people with clearances, high-level clearances, and yet they're ripping off the vending machines.
0: It's it's, it's sad, but, you know, I I, I have to say I'm not sure we've heard the last of this because I have it on pretty good authority that President Obama – authorized the cia to put implants in vending machines all across the kremlin uh that will mean they'll never make another nickel from those machines uh, uh as retaliation for the attack on uh, uh, our election processes uh, uh which brings me uh to ellen nakashima who is the fourth uh, here for her fourth appearance on the uh steptoe cyber law podcast it's great to have her uh ellen uh welcome uh, you did a great story uh with greg miller and uh adam entus so i don't know uh, uh a really detailed look at how the obama administration reacted to all the um, russian attacks on our election in uh, 2016 uh, uh and uh, uh it has made you, ironically, uh, uh, President Trump's yeah. favorite reporter. Uh, he keeps <laughs> tweeting, you know, uh, this, uh, this, uh, this. Uh, everybody should read this story and ask I, if this was so serious. Why didn't the uh, President Obama do more? Uh, so, my first question, I guess, uh, is, uh, how does that feel?
5: Well, I think it's great that he's giving us all this publicity. I, I just hope he reads the story. It doesn't appear that he did. But uh, because if he did, he wouldn't be tweeting out questions to which the answers are contained in the story.
0: Well, you know that what the what the um, staff uh, at the White House is reported to to be doing to right. get, keep his attention is every paragraph has to have his name in it, uh, <laughs> uh preferably uh, in all caps. So you should have done that, and there he would you have read know. it all. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, but certainly it's great that he's uh, continuing to draw attention to it.
0: Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, let's roll back mm-hmm. um, as I see it, this is a story of um, the Obama administration learning more and more as it went mm-hmm. um, and they it they it feels at every step as though they're a little behind the curve, uh, and they, th- and then they have a lot of bad luck. They decide to finally say, this is happening, and yes. we don't like it, uh, half an hour before the <laughs> yeah, Access Hollywood bad. tapes, and an hour before Which the... Which was the Post's reporting, by the way. oh uh, Yes, uh, you know, so you're stepping on... Right. Uh, were, remember you were stepping that. on a New York Times... No, no, no. You had it, too. I,
5: I remember, actually, it was the first, first reporter put out the story about the attribution statement, and, and then about... Half an hour later, I see the Access Hollywood story break on our website by my talented colleague David Fairthold. I go, Oh boy, this is going to be the story of the day. And then, yeah. and then, and then, and, and then Podesta's,
4: Podestas uh, the
0: linguine recipe or whatever it right. was uh, ends an incredible up. Incredible
4: day.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was an amazing day. Uh, and uh, um, and so the administration, which thought they were going to get a fair amount of mm. attention for that, got. None. Um, right. I, and then essentially, uh, although there's a lot of talk about can we do something, what can we do, um, at every stage the uh, administration, even when they start to get really angry about this mm-hmm. in December mm-hmm. uh, and decide to push to do something, um, there's always a good reason not to do that much. And in the end, we end up with kind of modest mm-hmm. uh, sanctions, many of them designed to punish the uh, Russians for, you know, mugging our diplomats in Moscow, right. rather than anything else, uh, um, I was I was interested in um, a couple of the things that haven't gotten as much attention, but ought to. Mm. Um, it, there was right at the end of your story, right. you say. Well, the president authorized implants mm-hmm. across, and not just in vending machines, across right. the infrastructure of uh, uh, the so, uh, of the Russian uh, uh, republic, uh, uh, and in places where we expected the Russians to find them.
5: There are two two measures here, so let me try to um, get, bring clarity to this. One was a Modest measure, not, uh, authorized by a covert action finding, uh, to put computer code in systems that the Russians would be sure to see the code. Oh, and it's would, sort of Kilroy was here yes, stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, so there was that, or just to, you know, needle them a little and tell them, you know, we're here and you know what we can do. The second, uh, measure was much more, uh, aggressive and, and that was the covert pro action program, uh, that involved putting implants in systems that, uh, as one source described it to me, the Russians would uh, hold dear and consider important and would be very uh, dismayed if they were disrupted. Right. I would imagine these are more like national security systems. Okay. But not systems that would, say, knock out uh, the power to, you know, all of all of, all of uh, Moscow. So right. not not civilian-oriented systems.
0: Because as 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 we. Came to expect from the Obama administration, exactly. uh, the, the the toughest thing they could do, they had to had to be reviewed by, by lawyers, lawyers to see. Well, make sure oh, well,
5: it's make sure it's proportionate, proportionate right Well, yes. international
0: law is important. Oh, I, 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 there was no doubt how they were going to come out. Uh, uh-huh. As soon as the president said he wanted to do it, they were going to say it was proportionate. But the idea that you you know you're getting really tough because now you've got something that requires legal review. I mean, I the, uh-huh. that that just feel so much like uh at the Obama administration mm-hmm. um, a, and um, any sense uh, of weather, I mean, apparently that was authorized, but not completely. Correct. Done. Now, this
5: is something that will take months to deploy, to put, to install, to sort of prepare the, the battlefield, if mm-hmm. you will. And it's not something that will, is timed to go off automatically. No, it would require, uh, President Trump's
2: right. uh, approval.
0: approval to, to trigger. Okay, and so th- 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 your earlier explanation helps me understand. I wondered, why would we put implants someplace mm-hmm. if we thought it would expose our capabilities? What you're saying is, th- th- uh, that's th- we don't expect these to be found. We're hoping they won't be found, and uh, uh, th- the goal is just to be able to say, we mined your harbor, but we haven't turned the mines on. Right. Okay.
5: If you should try to, uh, meddle in our elections again, like next year or, you know, knock out the power to the East Coast. So uh,
0: there was a lot of, there's been a lot of democratic D on D violence here. Uh, mm. uh people in the administration saying, yeah, we kind of choked Adam Schiff saying, yeah, <laughs> you kind of did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, second guessing about whether the, what the president should have done. And I guess um, uh, former Secretary of State Kerry was eager to do more. Are are there other people who really wanted to do more here, or was he the principal advocate?
5: No, and I mean, I suppose we could have added more in. The story was long as it was, but... (laughs) Uh, Jim Comey, uh, wanted, former FBI yep. director, uh, wanted, was in favor of, uh, publicly blaming Russia and he, in fact he had even written an op-ed, uh, that he thought might be well placed if you, you know, put out in the newspaper and, uh, pointed the finger at Russia. Uh, that didn't go anywhere and then as as we got closer to the election, Comey, uh, decided he did not want to go public with, uh, you know, with his name being attached to any attribution because he didn't want to be seen as, uh, you know, trying to do anything too political, too close to the election. Oh, there's an irony. There huh? <laughs> I no, that was, was happening.
0: Yes, uh, um, having, having, having stepped in once and, uh, right. uh, uh gotten taken a lot of flack for steering the election. He said, um, my hands are off this, until he had to grab them.
5: Well, so notably, the October 7th statement did not have the uh, the FBI's name on it or the White House. Right. right. The White House definitely wanted to be arm's length away from all
0: this of that. This was Clapper and Johnson, right?
5: It was Clapper and Johnson. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, not and, their names, and, but their institutions. Yeah. Right, and and not much in the way of detail in that affair.
5: No, three paragraphs. Uh, it said it did say in the second paragraph that this the interference it was directed at the highest levels of the government, which anyone would know would mean Putin, because nothing happens in at the Kremlin without Putin's approval if, it, if it's that important. Uh, and in fact, an earlier draft of that statement did carry his name. Right. But it was removed uh, for, we we're told, sources to protect sources and methods, and also
0: because it would be uh, seen as too provocative. So there's a, there's, I, and I don't want to press too hard, but there mm-hmm. is um, the the question of did Putin do this, and was he doing it to help Trump or just to hurt Hillary? Right. Everybody agrees he he hated Hillary and wanted to yes, hurt her. No Less clear. Okay. That he was trying to help Trump. And I think that was the issue on which Admiral Rogers said, you know, I'm not sure I'm... Moderate this.
5: confidence. Yeah. yeah. Because in part that intelligence to, for the NSA came from a third country. Uh, you used to work there. Is that not one reason why you might have a moderate confidence yes, assessment? Right.
0: Okay. Because you think they might think they're gaming me.
5: Correct. Right. Whereas, you know, what we reported, and this was in the very opening paragraphs of the story, is that the CIA got exquisite intelligence that Putin's intent, his directions, were not only to undermine Clinton, but to help Trump win. And uh, and Brennan himself uh, notified or uh, briefed President Obama and three senior aides. in early August of this. So they knew back in early wow, okay. August.
0: Oh, okay. So that's what they had that they had they the good had intel then.
5: The good intel back then. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So why why was Mitch McConnell questioning the intel in October? There you go. I mean, so you know, one could say politics is stepping into this, but like, like that that wouldn't surprise me, but right. he, 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 I would have expected him to give a reason different from that.
5: He uh, we're told questioned the the basis of this claim and the veracity of the intelligence i 'm hmm. um, not sure how you know whether he was given the uh, you know told how the CIA knew, but he certainly was was briefed on it
0: so one of the things that that this says to me is that maybe the d on d criticism of President Obama is a little overdone. Mm. Uh, he, he could see from the reaction of the gang of eight and uh, um, a, a, and even Jim Comey backing away yeah. that this was going to be interpreted in a very partisan context oh, no with, question. A, with a, the, the uh, president, uh, now President Trump, saying ah, the, the election's rigged. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He would mm-hmm. have said, well, this just shows that they're trying to rig it by blaming the Russians for interference and then every Everything bad that happens that will help them will be characterized as the Russians. Any number of tweets could be written on that topic. Uh, um, Mm -hmm. uh, President Obama was afraid all of that would blow up on him. And, uh, you know, sort of like uh, Jim Comey, uh, uh, he thought that Hillary was going to win anyway. And so he Mm -hmm. didn't need to. Get all that mess on his suit. Mm -hmm,
5: mm -hmm. At least not before the election. We quote Susan Rice, the national security advisor for Obama, saying, Look, we were, we felt this happened on our watch. We need to hold Russia accountable and we were going to do something regardless of the outcome. I.e. even after the election. Now, you could look at that and say, well, okay, so why, why wait till December 29th? I mean, there was a period of time after the election between, before Thanksgiving where I think they were mostly
0: in a state of shock. That's uh, my guess too, <laughs> yes. I, and that, that <laughs> happens. I've, I've been in, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. far too many administrations that su- surprisingly lost elections. Uh, and, yeah, you come in the next day and everybody's shell-shocked. People mm-hmm. who are head down on their uh, uh, desk doing their jobs right. 14 hours a day suddenly don't have any sense that any of it matters, and they're just kind of standing around saying, what happened? Uh, that's my guess about where yeah. they were. They were, they were uh, stunned until the president came back from Thanksgiving pissed.
5: Yes, I mean, I think they were stunned. Uh, you know, could they have taken some more forceful measures sooner? I mean, they had all of these options worked up months earlier in the summer. There were there were staffers who were working on on dozens of of, of measures to include sector wide economic sanctions that might have really taken a bite out of the Russian economy. Yeah. So, so it, but you know
0: the um, mm-hmm. the Senate bill. Yeah, really does take a bite out of the Russian economy. It's much, much tougher. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's tougher than anything that the president was thinking about, but it's it's way up there. It, it, it was a big shock to industry, a big shock to uh, the Russians and the Russian energy sector, uh, uh, how aggressively that bill uh, trenches on their authorities, and probably a big shock to Europeans who were investing uh, in the uh, uh, energy sector. Yeah. Um, now, it may not survive, right. but- but right now, the, uh, the combination of, uh, traditional Russia hawks in the Republican party and, uh, brand new converts to being Russia hawks, mm-hmm. uh, in the Democratic party means there are not a lot of people, uh, standing up for Russia or Russian industry.
5: Though I think in the House.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be tougher to there, see. that's right.
5: Yeah still some resistance to that.
0: Yes, and I, I think uh, Tillerson has already said, you oh, this is probably more than you ought to do. Right. So there's already an effort to uh, water it down. But 98 to 2 with a uh, as aggressive a bill as that sends a signal that mm. um, it's not likely that we're just going to get a, a, um, a an affirmation legislatively of things that President Obama
5: did. Yeah, well, that's why I found it interesting uh, when you mentioned sanctions in Germany, was it, or in mm-hmm. Europe, that I, mm-hmm. I was not aware of that. And I think that's a very interesting attack, especially, you know, why the United States didn't join forces sooner with European allies in France and Germany where they knew Russia was active in, in trying to meddle uh, to, to sort of come up with a, a more united front
4: yeah.
0: to deter Russia? The so I'm the, I, 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 I. Would not say the story should have been longer. It was a great story, but it was really long uh, but <laughs> you 're saying it should have been shorter no no I, uh, but i 'm going to suggest something that that okay. that, that i don 't think has been covered as well as it should have, yes. which is and uh, in the intelligence com- community has said this um, just how much this was a personal thing for Putin <laughs> yes. and Hillary uh, and tied to him basically saying everything i 'm doing is what you did to me in two thousand and eleven when you surprised me by using all these social media tools or enabling all this social media attack on me and I, I, I practically lost my majority in the duma, and bad things happened and and he blames her. And not not completely unfairly, she was the Secretary of State that most enthusiastically embraced uh, new social media tools for advancing what she would have said is the democratization mission of the United States. Uh, and she made no secret of her hope that uh, um, uh, Putin would lose uh, in 2011. Um, and there was a kind of assumption in 2011 that this is what we, on behalf of democracy, get to do to other countries. Uh, the technology either enables democracy or, used by wise governments like ours, can enable uh, democracy, and we're going to show its power on the mm-hmm. streets of Moscow. Um, that now looks really naive. It looks a little like uh, MacArthur saying, I can go right up to the Chinese mm, border right, yeah. with my troops and nothing bad will happen because I'm just chasing North Koreans. Uh, and, you know, what we've seen in 2016 mm. is a little bit like the Chinese reinvasion of North <laughs> Korea, saying, you know, uh, uh, there is something worse that could happen. Right. Um, and I don't know, that must have come up some in your reporting of this.
5: Yeah, a little But, I mean, I think what the Intelligence community didn't anticipate was Russia's weaponizing of information in this way. Number one, from hack, you know, hacking the DNC and other organizations. But they and done the, that. Releasing. They
0: had they did that but, to wait, Obama.
5: Wait, yeah, it, and and releasing though releasing.
0: Ah, right, that's true. I'm, that's I'm new. I'm not
5: talking about the hack itself, but the release, the dumping of the emails. Okay, that was new. That was a, a ratcheting up of of things. And then this marshaling, this leveraging of the social media way, you know, the, the the trolling, the bots, right. the trolls, as you mentioned. Which, though, if you know, we had been paying attention to what was going on in Europe and Eastern Europe, they've certainly been doing that. Yeah,
1: and, and,
0: and this is how he how he beat back the social media attack on him in 2011, 2012. Right. Uh, so, so having you know, <laughs> it's a little like you know the uh, the. Obama administration sees how these social media tools can be really valuable mm. and decides to use them internationally, uh, uh, and Putin learns the same thing. He learns a bunch of tools, and he uses them internationally.
5: Yes, yeah, the difference being, I guess, that um, the U.S. wouldn't uh, – well, the, I think one of the options contemplated was – you know, releasing embarrassing financial details on uh, on Putin. Yeah, so I want to. I
0: want to. Y- you you detail, must. Right? You, you must have heard a few delicious details, and these are yeah. just just yes. rumors. Uh, right. Uh, my favorite is he uses Botox, and we could get photos. <laughs> uh, 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 or maybe he only dates women who who can beat him up, and maybe they do. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm guessing that the. In the sit room, they were yeah. mostly talking about financial details
5: financial and things like that, right? And I don't think they ever were able to get anything that they thought
0: would really do much uh, good. But he's really sensitive about that picture of him dressed as a gay clown. He's really sensitive about it. I, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure it well, has to be true. Right There you go. Why does it have to be true?
5: Right? Except the Obama administration would have had problems with something like that, I suppose. But
0: yeah, well, I think the like PDD 28 says, well, we're not going to use people's social, uh, sexual orientation against them uh, because that would be wrong.
5: Well, sir, uh, certainly not know. fake information. Right,
0: exactly. Well, you know, well, it's not, it's uh you know, uh There's we could say Putin started it or we could just yeah. say, yeah, this is the way, you know, information ops go. But yeah. Uh um, so your sense was what they mostly had was financial stuff that would embarrass them.
5: I think so. I I don't know whether there were any anything yeah. I don't think there was anything much more like a golden showers type of thing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh. Uh all right. Um so here's my last question. Uh oh where do you think this story goes from here? Is this, have we finished with this story? And we've got Mueller out there working on this, but I, 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 I'm seeing CNN has said, you know, we're doing too much Russia. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you think that your story kind of puts a capstone on it and by leaving it as a, an issue that the President can tweet on uh, maybe makes it something that is no longer looking uh, like a great partisan issue for either side.
5: Well, I think this the Russia story will continue. I mean, we we really are going to have to see what they're going to do with the midterms next year and Mm -hmm. then the next presidential election and and also with elections this year in germany and elsewhere i mean i think this whole issue of uh of information warfare and how russia is really trying to you know regain its its stature if if you will you know in, in its position in the world at least regionally through the use of information is is big one that we'll continue to watch because it has implications here. And then there's the special counsel probe, which uh, I, I I think Mueller's going to try to get that done sooner rather than later. And uh, I, I mean – You've seen president trump he doesn't seem to have uh much much uh a sense of um restraint and in, in yeah. terms of you know if he feels like he's threatened he might you know he might try to, who knows i think it would be foolish but if he tried to fire Mueller that could be uh, a big he,
0: political he is black uh, eye. he is unduly focused on this it, it, yes. it's, it's it's a it's an odd day fix that he is uh um and i i remember Bill Clinton surrounded by swirls of scandal mm. resolutely dedicating midnight basketball programs uh, and uh, you know working for the American people uh, and just putting all that stuff in a box and not talking about it and in the end that turned out to be a much better strategy.
5: Indeed, rather than raising questions about obstruction of justice.
0: Yeah. So uh, well, I, I I guess I, I do have one more question in your in that whole story. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. There, you touched on the fact that they'd already begun an investigation into a few of the uh, uh, Trump as- mm-hmm. campaign associates, mm-hmm. but there was really nothing mm-hmm. new that suggested there's some that uh, some piece of information that's going to change everybody's mind about uh, collusion with the campaign. I'm just not hearing that.
5: No, I mean, I'm I'm not. Not to say it's not there, I just we haven't surfaced any of it to to date in terms of uh, a smoking gun that we know the investigators have um maybe they do, and we just haven't found it yet, but uh this story was focused mostly anyway it was focused on the Obama administration yes. and its response and mm-hmm. not on on what the Trump associates were doing with russia though that's for a different story, and it's also been put into other stories that we've worked on so
0: yeah no it's uh, it was it really was a great story and it was a kind of capstone to it it really was a first draft of history it was great Uh, and uh congrats to uh to greg and uh to uh, uh adam um okay and and i regret now that you're you know, a four-peter, we don't have anything more to give you except a <laughs> a, a cookie half the size of a manhole. Uh, uh, so uh, enjoy the cookie uh, and thank you so much for coming on. Uh, uh, um, uh, my pleasure. Uh, uh, thanks also to Michael Battis, Maury Shank, Jennifer Quinn Barabanoff, and John Salat. Uh, uh, oh, I should ask, do you have any events coming up that you're, speeches you're going to give, uh, stuff that you want uh, people who are uh, listening to the podcast to watch?
5: for. On a Wednesday at noon... I will be co-moderating a panel on um, security and privacy or uh, with uh, Adam Klein of the Center for New American Society, uh, security, excuse me, at um, the Mayflower.
0: Oh, okay. Great. So that's uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. This will be out by then. Uh, so people should uh, be sure to uh, uh, go to the Mayflower if they can. And uh, Jennifer Quinn Barabinoff told me that, uh, uh, well, she didn't have to tell me because I'm on the program uh, uh, as well, that uh, DRI, the Voice of the Defense Bar, is having a uh, uh, conference on class actions on uh, 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 July 20 and 21 at the Westin in Washington, D.C., and we've got an entire panel on uh, uh, Internet of Things and security as a driver for uh, class actions. So uh, uh, with that, I will close. This has been Episode 171 of the Steptoe Cyberlog. A podcast brought to you by Steptoe and Johnson. Um, please do send us suggestions for guest interviews uh, uh, at cyberlaw podcast at uh, coming up we're going to be joined by Rick Leggett uh uh the outspoken former NSA deputy director Jim Miller who had, uh, headed up a uh, defense science board uh, panel on deterrence in cyberspace uh, uh we've got another program uh, with Eric Heinen, uh, uh uh who is has did a great story on why doing IT procurement right is so hard in government i was going to say doesn't work in government Uh, it's certainly hard and mostly it doesn't work Uh, so we're going to unpack that in one of our interviews as well Uh, so we hope you'll join us for those and other uh, episodes as we once again provide insights into the latest events in technology security privacy and government